Hey there, I'm Kimberly Adams. Welcome to Make Me Smart, where none of us is as smart as all of us. I'm Kyle Rizdahl. Thanks for joining us on this Tuesday. It is the 13th day of June. This week's Tuesday show is going to be a little bit different because on Friday we recorded Make Me Smart in front of a live audience (laughs) up in Seattle along with KUOW. We're going to share a little bit more from that show for those who might not have been able to be there with us. That's right. We got the chance to have a chat with the celebrated Seattleite, Lindy West. She's a writer and comedian known for her memoir, Shrill, which was adapted into a Hulu series. So we talked to her about working in Hollywood, her life, her career. But we also got into the indictment of the former president, which had just been announced, like, what, a couple hours Mm. before, like 12 hours or something before we sat down for this conversation. So anyway, let's get to it. Here's our Convo with Lindy West. Oh my goodness. Hello. Hi. Hello. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for inviting me. We we will start uh, as we always do with uh, uh, Friday afternoons on this program. What are you drinking? Having a white wine. White wine. <laughs> I have no more information. But. That's all right. It's, is that number two or number three? Sure. Are we three? It's two? number two. All right. But well, I feel like I a saw weird the stash back there. That. I saw the stash. That's all I'm saying. This is this is number. It's two a heavy for me pour. Also. I will say number that. Number three for me. Um, oh my goodness. Can I can I do the bio? Yes, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> Thank you. All right. You all already know her, but we want to do the full introduction of her amazingness. Lindy West is the author of several books, including her best-selling memoir, Shrill Notes from a Loud Woman. Let's hear it. The book, which was adapted into a Hulu series. She's also the co-founder of Reproductive Rights Destigmatization Campaign, Shout Your Abortion. And Lindy's work has appeared all over, including in the New York Times, The Guardian, This American Life, and apparently your newsletter is the most important newsletter of all time. It's true, actually. Everyone's saying it, and they're saying it more and more. Could, <laughs> j- just, could we get the name of the newsletter out there, please? Um, I think you, you can say the name of it. Yes, Kai. <laughs> no. But <Yeah>. news. <laughs> oh my God, I talked over you saying it. <laughs> I'll, do, I'll do it in the clear. Everybody, okay. hold on. But news. <laughs> and this is why we love you guys. Uh, look, Thank you. Uh, what, uh, anyway, <laughs> so look, you are an observer of many, many things. Life in this society and economy, most particularly. I would like your sense of how things are going right now. <laughs> that, that's, a legit, that's a legit question. In, in, in the life of the world? Just in well, general? No, not the world. This, this country right now. Uh, how is this country going is the question. Uh, seems bad. <laughs> right? It seems like um, uh, an endurance test. Uh, and we're all being pushed closer and closer to um, madness and death. <laughs> um, is that the right answer? It, it is what it is. It's an answer. I mean, it really, like... Uh, honestly, I have stopped writing about politics. I've stopped engaging with the news because it's um, really grim. Say, say more. Say why you've un- tell, tell me why you've unplugged. 
Well, I first, so I was writing regularly for the New York Times, writing opinion pieces, up until I think I stopped in like early 2017, and it was Trump, and, but not because it was so depressing, it was like, as a writer, whose job it is to come up with an original take every week, what do you say? Very quickly it became, oh my God, what do I say? What do you say? Oh, the, the man made the worst possible choice again. The man did a crime again and no one cared. I mean, it was just, I felt, I felt trapped in this corner where my only option was to write the same column over and over again, um, which just didn't feel very good for me as a creative person and also part of a kind of, I don't know, unhelpful economy of opinion economy that was just kind of spinning its wheels and not taking us anywhere. And it just felt really sad. (laughs) Do you feel like you could write a different column today? Because you're saying committing crimes and nothing happening. He's been indicted. That's true. Happy indictment day. Uh, Again. Not our first indictment day. Um, I mean, I don't know. What... I, I, I feel like I've lost all um, footing to guess at what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I mean, he, he's still the, the front runner for the Republican nomination, which he very probably will win, and then he could still become the president and, I don't know, exonerate himself for his many crimes. So, I like, I really... Um, feel like what I can do in my life is build community with people around me that I care about. There you go. There you go. go. I I don't know. And that's always how it's been, right? Like, local action has always been where we need to start. Yeah, yeah, but I think when you were trying to build local action before, you had general underlying support, right? That there was a general ethos of, listen, we kind of have to work together. And I wonder if what you're saying is, because this is what I'm saying, that's kind of gone now. You mean like bipartisan? Well, not even bipartisan, but just generally aisle? shared experiences and commonality, right? And, and it seems like that ain't it. I don't know, man. Yeah. All right. Anyway. Sorry. I mean, I mean, you mean like everyone is siloed and angry and, yeah. uh, you know, afraid. And, and also, I mean, the, you know, I, of course, a Trumper would call this like partisan hackery or whatever, but you have to do so much work to get back to anything that the far right is saying that even is based in truth and reality. So I don't know, how do you, um, how do you engage with that? You, there's, they don't want to build with us. They want to um, uh, grind us into nothing, which is why it's important to stay, um, honestly, I mean, I, I sound like I'm being flippant, but it is actually really important to stay in a place of um, community and honestly hope uh, not it's really really helpful to the far right for people who care about things like um, equality and justice and voting rights and abortion and basic uh, human rights to um, it's really uh, helpful for them when we get ground down and um, give up much like I did on my New York Times column <laughs> there we go anyway well right. um, 
you know, you've also given up on some platforms on social media, and <laughs> way before a lot of other folks, no myself regrets. included. But I couldn't help but notice when I was looking at Shrill, um, I'm just going to read this section. Unfortunately, my first troll, the first time an anonymous stranger called me fat online, was years before I discovered fat liberation. It was posted in the comments of some innocuous blog entry on June 9th, 2009, at 11.54 p.m., what would become a major turning point in my life. Oh. So happy troll anniversary! Oh, my God! <laughs> well <done. laughs> Wow, I can't believe you caught that. That is unreal. She Wait, pays attention, Kimberly Adams. 2009, so that's how long 14 ago? Years. 14 years. 14 years ago? I've just been in, tortured. In two hours, yeah. Yeah, yeah that, was, um, that was here in Seattle at The Stranger. It was almost certainly a Seattleite. We had mostly a Seattle readership. So if you're here, thank you. <laughs> for, uh, I mean, I got, a lot of, I got a lot of, you know, um, good material out of that. So thanks, honestly, I guess. How has it changed, though, if it has? Well, I left Twitter, so I'm not on Twitter, and that's the... Collectively. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you're looking to be an abusive internet troll, Twitter is the place. <laughs> um, they don't really find me on Instagram. Instagram isn't really built... I mean, you can, you can see... I don't know anything about the internet, uh, <laughs> but you can really see how the... Um, the platform itself of Twitter is just optimized, the interface is optimized for torturing people. Whereas mm. on Instagram, it's like really, if you respond to a comment, you can't find it again. Like it's like, it's so amazing. It makes it so hard to be horrible to people. So, um, I mean, obviously it's still bad and social media is killing us all, but it, it's, but I mean, my life's quieter now. You got out of Twitter so far ahead of the rest of us. Yeah. Um, what does it feel like watching it crash and burn now? I love it. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I love it so much. I love it so much. I mean, it's also bad. Uh, there, I think I, I haven't reread Shrill in a million years, but I think I write about the good things about Twitter. There were good things about Twitter, um, helpful things, but it's bad. I, I don't think it could have been saved. I think this was a you know, foregone conclusion. So, sort of fun. Although, what is going? I don't even know what's going on with it now. Are people still on it? Like regular people? Yeah, regular people are, but it still sucks. In fact, it's worse now, right? I mean, I mean, it's got to be worse. chaos where yeah. anyone can be verified. Yeah, that's it's, so it's, funny. It's way lousy. I look at it for like DMs, but that's about it at this right. point. Yeah, <laughs> which right. are worse than they used to be. Great. <laughs> right. Um, can we talk writer strike here for a minute? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. You're I'm a, a writer. Yes, and I'm on strike, although I don't have a job. So. I was just going to say, <laughs> what's, what's it like to be a writer on strike when you don't have a job to strike? I wish I had a job to strike from. Then I would have health insurance to strike from. Oh, no, but um, of course, like I love my union, and I support my fellow writers, and it really is like... Even just in the, you know, I guess I've been working in TV for maybe five years at this point. I think we started working on The Shrill Show in 2017, maybe 2018. Um, so maybe six years, I don't know. But I, you can feel it already. You, like, you can feel the sort of atrophy of 
yeah. um, the the support for writers. Right. Um, you know, I don't, and I, I, I've only made one show, and it was a streaming show. I don't get residuals. I, I'm like, I shouldn't say this on marketplace. Whatever. Like, I'm broke. Like, I had a TV show, and you, you I should am absolutely like, say that. Yeah, because that's what I was gonna ask you next. So, no, say it again. Yeah, but you're, my mom's a... gonna listen. She's gonna be like, "You're what?" But I think that's important because you had a, te- a show, a right. streaming show. You have multiple books. You're a very widely respected published author. And yet... We were just talking backstage about you trying to make rent. I, 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 I make rent every oh month. That's what I do. And rent in yeah. Seattle sucks. Right. Um, and I... Yeah. I do not own a home. Uh, and like, okay, some of this is that I am irresponsible. Um, but some of it is that the system in general is not set up for individual people to succeed and grow and be comfortable. It's set up for us to be desperate and stressed uh, beyond our capacity. I mean, like... You're doing the cameos. I mean, yeah, exactly. I mean, like, I'm truly, like, living on butt news. <laughs> My email newsletter, which I'm, like, begging for money. <laughs> like, please subscribe to butt news. Um, and, you know, and I'm exaggerating. Like, I also have a book that I'm working on. And, you know, when I turn in the book, I get paid. And it's not, I, I'm not in dire straits, but it is not the same as the way that the TV industry used to work, mm-hmm. where you know, people are still watching my show. I don't get, and, and the thing with these streamers is that they're totally opaque. We don't know how many people watch our show. Uh, we don't know how many people even, I don't, think, I don't think they even release like how many people subscribe to Hulu. They, we know nothing about their financials and so they get to define the whole narrative and be like, oh, boo-hoo, we're broke. <laughs> Which is like, I don't think that's true. <laughs> I don't know. And also, Sounds like a YP. That sounds like your problem. And mm. you took my work to make money off of, and so you should pay me. I mean, then they, they paid me, you know, for the first time around, but I just know so many writers that are struggling and scared, you know? So, number one, next time we do a live show, let's build in restroom breaks. <laughs> I told you to go before we came number, out here. Number two, they have speakers in the restrooms back here, so that's amazing. <laughs> so, to that point you were just making, you are cre- Okay. You so, basically said out sorry. loud. Hold on. Uh, in, uh, I can I can do two things at once. Can I just say incredible butt news tie-in? That's what I'm saying. All, all I, my 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 life goal now is to make it to butt news. <laughs> I think it okay. happened, Kai. Right, I think wait. it happened. So hold on. Actually, in, in all seriousness, to the point you were just making. Um, you are deeply stressed about a lot of things, the state of the world, your own finances, and yet you have to be creative. How do you do that? Oh, I mean, I really, I mean, there's a reason why my book's not done. The only thing that will save me from financial ruin, and I am like, I sit in my office and I watch YouTube videos about snakes. You know, like, I just, I'm like. So, I'm sorry, is this a book about snakes? I just like snakes. Oh, all right. I don't know. I was telling... 
I was telling one of your producers that I, uh, I really am just like a weird woman who likes animal facts and I avoid politics and I, um, and I write about I write a newsletter called Butt News. So I <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, have you ever watched a video of a snake drinking water? No. It's incredible. No. It's so. How do they drink water? How, how they, they stick their little snoot in the water and they go. Gluh, gluh, gluh. <laughs> it's unreal. It is not how you expect snakes to drink water, and you gotta go check it out. We I will. will for we'll, sure. We'll, we'll put that on the show page. We'll put yeah, that we'll put it on the video show on the show page. But um, yeah, being creative in distress is really, really hard. I mean, and and it's listen. This is a champagne problem. Like I acknowledge. I, I don't I, think it actually is. Well, no. but I mean, no. I have a really cool job that's fun, and I actually am fine, and I have lots of opportunities, and I'm really grateful. Uh, but like anyone else, I mean, even just living with imminent climate catastrophe, like we're all just like uh, in this vice of stress, and how are any of us supposed to get our jobs done or even Fair feel point. like what we're doing is real, <laughs> you know, yeah. or that the future is real? Sorry. Well, now, I feel, <laughs> now I feel a little bit bad about my next question, which is going to make it worse. Okay, great. Let's do it. Um, how are you feeling about AI? Wow. <laughs> my husband will not stop sending me videos about the AI, like, Photoshop thing, where you can just yeah. be like... Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I, I'm like, can you please stop, like, bullying me with <laughs> this nightmare? Um, Specifically for your writing and for your work. I haven't tried to tell an AI to write uh, an edition of Butt News in the voice of Lindy West. I don't think it could do it, because I, as I said, am a freak. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. It's, I mean, it's really scary. And there's a lot of writers who do different kinds of writing from what I do, that are very, very much going to be impacted. You know, people who write, like, copy for things that, yeah. you know, yeah. things that are a little bit less voicey than what I do. Like um, business and financial news, perhaps? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I wasn't going to specify, <laughs> but... <laughs> I mean... <laughs> what was that? I, I don't know if it's... I, illegal to talk about other podcasts, but... Sure, oh, that, no, go for it. Planet that Money, Planet did Money a, yeah. episode? So that Planet was, Money did an AI-generated episode. It was unbelievable. Like, it did the voices, it wrote the script. I don't know how... I don't know what we do with that. It's just, I... Okay, but, counterpoint. Okay, I I'd did hear, hear it. Okay, I did hear <laughs> that scientists are using AI to try to figure out how to speak whale language. Ooh, I love so, that. It's Ocean Girl. Did you ever see that show? No. Has anyone ever seen the TV show Ocean Girl? Thank you. I That's love like, it. I love identify it. Identify yourself. Yeah. <laughs> There was a TV show in like the early 2000s where there was this alien from outer space who swam in the ocean and could speak to whales. It was great. Anyway, so, yeah. go ahead. We're finally there, and <laughs> so like everyone loses their job. And you think you're but weird. Ocean Girl. <laughs> I, don't, I mean, it's it's terrifying, and it absolutely cannot. I don't see how it's contained. You can't like stop nerds from doing stuff no, in their computer. Really like, case in point. Hey, you guys, <laughs> please don't make this evil. 
just don't. Just don't. Remember just when don't Google said work. that they weren't going to be evil? What? When Google said they weren't going to be oh evil? My oh, God. yeah. Oh, that's, <laughs> that was chilling. so long ago. <laughs> I know. I, anyway. I mean, it does feel like we're on a precipice. Because also, you know what is what I think we don't really take into account is what exponential means. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. It means really fast. <laughs> so, really big. Uh, uh, you said it feels like we're on the precipice, and I don't disagree. I want to know what you think we're on the precipice of. There, it just feels like there are so many different possibilities for the, the repercussions of AI that I can't, my brain's not, I would need an AI to tell me. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, when you start to think about it, which I try to, to not do, um, it, it's like, it, 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 it's, it's very, obviously there are, could be exciting um, um, implementations, but um, for the most part, it, it feels like a lot of people are going to not have jobs, and also it is it wants to be evil. I, I mean, I don't have anything to add beyond what we've already doom and gloomed about. But, That's all right. but you guys are supposed to make me smart. So uh, yeah. will you tell me oh, what snap. I should? No, no, no. You're the special guest. We're asking you questions. You gotta, you gotta help us out. Which switching to another topic about which you've written a great deal, um, which is embracing being fat. How do you do that in the age of Ozempic? <laughs> I don't know. Because, I think we lost. I don't know. <laughs> right? Because there was so much action on the body positivity and fat positive, and now it's like if you're wealthy or have good insurance, you can take an injection and not be fat anymore. Okay, well, here, I will say that the wealthy already had access to not being fat anymore. True. So True. maybe, like, fine, you guys are a little bit less fat, a little bit even more not fat than before. Um... I mean, it feels like eugenics. It feels really, uh, it's very disturbing. It also is, seems bad for you um, I, and not worth it to, I mean, it seems like it feels bad to take it and also maybe damages your body in yet unknown ways. But people have always been willing to be miserable and damage their bodies in order to not be fat. So, um... There's not that much new about it, except that yeah, it's it it, it seems like a a quicker fix than ever. Um, but I I'm specifically interested in all of that work yeah. that went into changing the narrative around fat people in this country and how fat people feel about themselves living in their bodies, and now this. I mean. I think that people still need that messaging. Mm -hmm. I think that thin people need that messaging too. And people who have become thin from taking Ozempic also need that messaging because what it comes down to is, uh, you know, fundamentally being alienated from your body and being told that your physicality is more important than anything else about you. And um, that's just not true. And that's really, I mean, that's a really, it's a simplistic thing to say, but it's, it's just not true. And it's really um, uh, corrosive 
I think, to your soul <laughs> to live in that place. Um, you know, just like people are still going to have eating disorders and people are still going to hate themselves. And hating yourself, hating your body and hating yourself isn't just confined to that one area. You know, mm. it... it um, uh, resonates in every other part of your life and the way that you carry yourself and the way that you treat other people and the way that you allow yourself to be treated. So I don't feel like I wasted my time. And mm. also, most of us don't have an extra $1,000 a month. Because yeah. um, like I said, we're being ground down into dust. And so, um, I don't know, it feels... I mostly feel sad for people who feel like this is what they need to do. You need to be, you know, nauseated all day, every day, and damage your liver so that you don't look like me. Um, I have a good life, and I'm a good person, and I'm happy. So, um, it's, let's... The power of the narrative is something, though, because I've had three separate people in my life unsolicited suggest that I get on Ozempic. No, really? Yes. You need to shut those people out of your life. Well, I mean, what's <laughs> really that's, hard... That's how powerful it is, right? This, you must be thin. No matter what it does to you, no matter how healthy you think you are, you have to be thin. And, like, I was like... I'm not diabetic. That's appalling. That's appalling. I'm not pre-diabetic, and I actually was feeling okay about myself today. <laughs> until, until right there. <laughs> but uh, then I was reading your book and then your other one, you know, and I was just like, wow, you're right about the strength of the narrative and that people feel like unsolicited. Yeah, you know, this is so easy. Why don't you just take the pill, the injection, which is going to be a pill soon. You know. Well, and what's really sad, really devastatingly sad, is that people treat you better when you're smaller. And I, lots and lots of people who have done this work, like me, you know, we even, I can't escape the feeling that my life would be better if I was smaller. And there are going to be fat people who take this medication even though they know that it, it, you know, that even if you think that you're good the way that you are and you really believe in fat liberation and body liberation, there are still going to be people who take Ozempic because being fat is hard. Um, and it's really, really hard to go through life uh, not fitting in not being accommodated and not being treated well. And... It is easier in certain ways to lose weight than to try to change an entire system that is built to exclude you. So it's mm -hmm. just like really, really, really devastating. And also we know from people getting bariatric surgery that even when people lose 200 pounds and they think this is what's going to fix their life, it doesn't. And they're still unhappy. So... Uh, what is it fixing? What is it fixing? Other than, you know, again, being able to move through your life without being um, treated poorly, <laughs> which is big. Perception. But yeah. I do want to ask you about something that hopefully makes you feel good about your upcoming book, uh, Adult Braces. We didn't ask you about that. So what is it about? 
oh, um, I'm writing an, another memoir. Um, it's called Adult Braces because I had braces during COVID. Um, they're gone now. Uh, but I, yeah. I Invisalign. Had, like, do Invisalign. I did not do Invisalign. <laughs> I had metal braces <laughs> glued on my teeth like a third grader. Because I don't trust myself to do Invisalign. I do not trust myself to wear the tray if I can take it out. I was like, I was like, uh, weld it to my teeth. So I have no choice. Uh, so I'm using that as kind of a metaphor for um, a lot of different changes that I've made in my life over the last few years and ways that I um, needed structure and um, help moving things around. <laughs> mm. um, because uh, there's a lot of things that I feel like uh, we, we think we can't change. And I certainly felt that my life was sort of fixed and done and I was like just sliding along until death. And um, mm. that's not true. And did you know that all of your teeth are separate and floating <laughs> in your head? Ah. And you can just move them around. <laughs> And so, um, well, I had wow. kid braces, so I that's, know that. That's a little disturbing, but okay. Yeah, it's not, it's not nice, but, um, you know, my getting braces coincided with not exactly a midlife crisis, but, you know, everything, all, as we all experienced, suddenly was very scary and confusing. And I just, I woke up one day and I was like, I gotta do something else. And I, um, rented a van, and I drove from Seattle to Key West and back. Wow. No way. Yeah, with my braces. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, ju just you? Just me. I wow. slept in the van. Um, every single woman I met on the road was like, oh, my God, I could never do that. And I was like, you, I mean, maybe, maybe we shouldn't. It might not be safe, but I'm doing it anyway, <laughs> and you should do it. Um, it was really amazing. So that's what the book is about. What's your favorite place that you visited along the way? Okay, it was not what I expected. Okay. Um, and I, I deliberately went to places that I have never been, you know, so I cut straight, like, diagonally across. I went sure. to Arkansas, and um, I visited my cousin in Kansas, and I went to a, a lot of, you know, places that, in this fragmented time, uh, feel like they're not mine. Mm. And... Um, it was, that was kind of healing in this way, but anyway, my favorite, my two favorite places on the trip were, you're, you would never guess them. Would not? Uh, Tallahassee <laughs> and uh, Kalamazoo, Michigan. Oh. And wow. I just had, so in Tallahassee, there are, I didn't even spend time really in the city of Tallahassee, but there are like a million natural springs mm. in the, sort of panhandle region and they're like crystal blue water that comes up from the ground in like a jungle glade oh they and do then a lot can... of mermaid shoots there actually yes <laughs> it looks like where mermaids live and so i just spent this sort of magical three days with a couple of friends who live there like swimming in these magical swimming holes and eating um soft shell crab and then nice uh I'm like obsessed with the Midwest and I feel very at home there and Kalamazoo is... Visit St. Louis, it's great. Yeah, exactly. I didn't go to St. Louis, but that's... I'm, I'm going to do this again because now I, all I think about is vans. <laughs> like, and, which is so cliche at this point, but I, it's real. It was really fun. Van life. So anyway, um, it was sort of really felt special to connect with these parts of America. Like I'm from Seattle 
Uh, I grew up here. My parents grew up here. Uh, we all went to the same high school. Like, I, and it's Seattle's such a bubble, and I'm such a like blue state, blue city bubble girl. And it was really nice to get out of that and move my body through parts of the country that feel alien to me, which I no longer do. You know. That's amazing. Yeah, that's great. I say we, we end it like right there. Lindy West, you are yes, awesome. Thank you so much. That's a wonderful place to end this. Yeah. We'd love to hear what you think about our conversation with Lindy West. Let us know. Our number is 508-827-6278, 508-U-B-S-M-A-R-T. You can email us as well if you like. Make me smart at marketplace.org. We are coming right back. So we had a lovely, lovely time up in Seattle. Got to tell you, KUOW so did a great fun. job for us. Great chat with mm-hmm. uh, Lindy West and hearing about what it's like to work as a writer these days. And of course, we had to ask Lindy West the make me smart question, which is what is something you thought you knew, but later found out you were wrong about? So I forgot to ask her this on stage. So I grabbed her backstage right after our conversation. And here's what she said. For years, as an adult, I believed that Canada geese, which we have many of here in Washington, were not called that because they're from Canada, but that they were discovered by a guy named, like, Mr. Canada. (laughs) And someone told me that, like, clearly as a joke, and I thought it was true. And then I told many, many people this fact. And then only a couple years ago, Someone was like, there's no way that's true, that that can't be correct. And then I went and looked it up, and it was, in fact, not correct. And I, do, I don't remember where it came from or who tricked me, but uh, it was humiliating. I, I bet it was. I bet it was. A lot of chatter, chatter, chatter in the green room back there in the background. We, yeah. do, we do want to hear your answer to the Big Me Smart question, whether it involves geese or not. You can leave us a voice message with your answer. Our number, once again, 508-827-6278, 508-U-B-S-M-A-R-T. Make Me Smart is produced by Courtney Bergseeker. Ellen Rolfus writes our newsletter. Today's program was engineered by Jay Siebold with mixing by Charlton Thorpe. Charlton also engineered that live show on Friday, so thanks to him and the folks at KUOW and Town Hall in Seattle for all their great work. Ben Talladay and Daniel Ramirez composed our theme music. Our senior producer is Marissa Cabrera. Bridget Bodner is the director of podcast. Francesca Levy is the executive director of that outfit. Marketplace vice president and general manager is Neil Scarp. Daniel Ramirez sent me a note on Instagram. He saw our post and he was so excited about the live show. Oh, that's cool. That's awesome. 